Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're doing another bonus cast. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always is the homie Trevor. What's going on? What's going on? Um, so just a little backstory on this one. We had a different game originally planned for this bonus cast, but then uh, with everything that was going on, I was like, it probably is, uh, we should probably play something different, and I specifically decided this game, uh, Tonight We Riot, as the game we play, um, just because of, uh, I guess, as you said the last episode, all the social unrest, <laughs> so, um, and, and you were down to play this. Say that again? So it's very relevant. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just I just was like, let's let's play a little something a little different. So um since this is I guess my selection, um I'll get into it. Um Tonight We Riot is a revolutionary crowd brawler developed by Pixel Pushers Union Five I don't know if it's five one two or five hundred and two. Um a worker owned indie game dev cooperative based in Texas. They have a passion for fun retro style games, and this is their very first title. Um, and I'm going to just provide a lot of backstory on what a cooperative is. Um, so, a co op studio or worker cooperative is one that operates with equality in mind. Uh, without naming any names, there are so many examples of companies, specifically within the video game industry, that exist based on hierarchies with, with uneven pay distribution. Um, some people are paid more than others. Some have uh, a financial investment in the studio that could later pay off with uh, whether there be um, they release a hit video game or um, if the company is sold. And a lot of people don't. Um, so in the traditional um, corporate structure, of video game industry is also rife with uh, crunch and end of project layoffs. So in very broad strokes, a cooperative tries to flatten things out and put everyone on the same playing field economically. Uh, They are owned and operated democratically with equal pay. They split bonuses equally. Um, There's equal ownership, equal say in the decisions they make. Uh, There's emotional and social support. And more importantly, there are zero bosses. These companies are structured like a community where every employee has a vote in a decision, so people feel like they have more of a say in every decision and everyone is accountable. Sometimes that means your well-intentioned idea gets scrapped, but at least you have the ability to present your idea and take it to a vote. Um, video games are such a collaborative field that it's almost impossible for anybody to definitively declare that their particular contribution to a game had any more of an impact than anyone else's. And these... Uh, style of video game co-ops reflect that. Um, But that's not to say there's no downside to co-ops. It's not, as somebody said, it's not all rainbows and fists in the air. Uh, Crunch still does exist, but typically it's a team affair. So instead of having, you know, like, oh, the artists are going to, you know, crunch tonight and then the higher ups are like at home with their family, it's everybody is crunching. Um, Experience doesn't matter. So, so someone with 17 years experience is paid the same amount as someone who's just starting, um, which may be a turnoff for some people. Um, teams are typically a lot smaller. Again, these are indie studios, so typically 8 to 12 people, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because that means that there's an increased accountability and ownership divided equally amongst them. But it is very difficult to uh, fire people when there's zero hierarchy. So if somebody isn't pulling their weight, it's harder to um, 
uh, come to a decision for them. Uh, typically, employees are tested on a limited time con limited time contracts because firing is very difficult, and it's so critical to be careful who is brought into the fold. Um, in addition, you have to be very a very motivated individual because you have to defend and justify every idea you bring to the table because everyone has equal say regardless of if they have any knowledge. And like an example that I saw with a uh, video game co-op was that um, artists were very frustrated sometimes with having to present ideas that they felt were really good and being turned down by the sound guy or, you know, like the sound guy voting against them or a dev voting against them where it's like, you know, sometimes it's like, I know more about this thing than you do. Trust me on it. And in this particular instance, they didn't. Um, and then I have like a list of some uh, video game, uh, some uh, co-op studios that already exist. So obviously Pixel Pushers Union, uh, I think it's 512 actually, because I think that's the area code of their studio. Um, there's Tailspinners, which I could not find what they had put out. I couldn't find a lot of information about them. There's one that just started off in Netherlands called A Bunch of Hacks. There is The Glory Society, which is, uh, I think, started last year, and it's uh, formed by two former developers behind Night in the Woods. Um, and then the most famous or popular example is Motion Twin, who uh, um, I didn't know this when we played the game, but they developed Dead Cells. And um, they are the most well-known example of a video game co-op. And... Um, uh, Last year, so August 2019, there was a split within the company and uh, a new company was formed called Evil Empire, which is aptly named, haha, um, and it's composed out of uh, former Dead Cell devs who wanted to continue developing content for Dead Cells while Motion Twin wanted to focus on working on a new project. So it's led by the former head of marketing of Motion Twins and it's not run as a co-op. Uh, mainly because the company wanted to expand beyond 10 employees. Um, however, Motion Twin is still a co-op, and they still participate in any decision regarding Dead Cells. So I know that um, I've, I've, since we've last, you know, we, we played uh, Dead Cells, I think, December 2018. I played that game a ton last year, and um, there was new content constantly being put out by Motion Twin, um, and since honestly, right before this decision was made, I stopped. I haven't been playing. I haven't played Dead Cells, and all the new content that they put out um, since then has been paid content. Um, and I'm not boycotting or anything. I just haven't been playing Dead Cells. I do intend to get the content that Evil Empire has put out. But that is one of the differences that I've seen since they've made that switch over to a more traditional uh, video game company structure. So, quick question. Is this structure exclusive to cooperatives or like, because I want to say I've read a story about a developer that did this and they were more well-known, a more well-known indie studio where basically the, the higher-ups or there, you know, there weren't really any higher-ups, but everybody was pretty much making the same salary throughout mm -hmm. the entire um, organization. I'd be interested um, to know what... Um company you're talking about because a lot of the research that I've done on this is that companies that do do this are a lot smaller right like I said like eight to twelve members 
So I'm not sure. Um, do you do you know off the top, or um, you know what game they made? I'll have to look for it. It was something I've played in the past. Because I, I know that it's this is mo- uh, excuse me mainly a uh, indie you know size studio. Um, this is not something. One of the issues is is the bigger the like, and this is why the sweet spot is eight to ten people because um, the the more people you have making decisions or weighing in on decisions, the less progress you're making. And uh, one of the things, like, you know, um, I think I read somewhere that it is very hard to recruit new talent to a video game co-op if there is no um, product that's been out yet. So, like, in Motion Twins uh, instance, they had a game that was successful, and um, so everybody was equally invested in, you know, if they, you know, they sold, I want to say, like, I think I saw like 700,000 copies and like the bonuses that that were paid out were shared equally amongst them. But it was so like they were getting paid as much as video game, like your average video game company, you know, Mm -hmm. they were bringing that in. But if you are working like, like in uh, the case of the glory society, they're a new cooperative. They haven't released a game yet. So they're not, probably getting paid as much as your typical person is and they are not going to see any returns until they release something right you know um and, and like even with evil empire they weren't wholly against r- running as a co-op it was just some of the things that were very limiting as far as like um they wanted to bump up past the 10 12 employee uh limit because um they just wanted to be able to release uh, content quicker. And because of that, it was difficult for them to justify doing the equal pay. Um, so that is something that they've since uh, gotten rid of on the Evil Empire side. Uh, but it's still that way on motion on the Motion Twin side. Um, is that the only... you had anything else? Um, no, that's it. I'm going to look for that. Okay. If I can find okay. it. And so that that is about, you know, video game co-ops. And now I'm going to take it to the game. Uh, Tonight We Riot is an explosive crowd brawler with retro vibes. It takes clear influences from late 80s and early 90s arcade and home console beat-em-ups. It's a revolutionary fantasy in which worker liberation is achieved through violent street battles. And it is a leftist response to neocon fantasies like Call of Duty. And as one coder put it, there are tons and tons of games that have been delivering pretty political messages, whether they meant to or not. Most of the games in the modern military genre are like neoconservative fantasies. They enforce this idea that the very best way to make the world a better place is by massive military force, that you don't need organization and societal change. And there are lots of xenophobia in there, too. Um, you see these neocon fantasies all the time and you don't really see that leftist fantasy. And so in our own tiny little way, we're trying to be the answer to that. And on its face, it's your usual side-scrolling beat-em-up with a twist. Um, and tonight we riot, instead of a single fighter, you control a throng of protesters, activists, and disgruntled workers wielding weapons like brass knuckles, baseball bats, bricks, molotovs, etc., against an increasingly militarized police force of riot police, tear gas, water cannons, laser drones, and even giant robots. 
There isn't a player character. Instead, you control one of the many gathered protesters as you take an ever-growing mass of people through a variety of districts to liberate the neighborhoods. Any action you do is amplified by the size of the gathered mob, and in order to bring progression to the cause, you need to protect your fellow rioters. The more revolutionaries that remain, the better equipped they become. And that is my intro for tonight's riot. I thought this was a uh, great uh, time to play this. It came out, I want to say, May of this year. So it's very new. um, And it also kind of uh, is the opposite or or in a sense of what we just played in um, Spec Ops The Line, where they were saying, like, you know... um, Enforce the idea that, you know, the only way to make the world a better place is by massive military force. And we played a game already that kind of flipped that script on its head a little bit. And kind of even addressing some of the xenophobia that comes with people when they go to the Middle East. And like some of our implicit biases that we have when we, as video gamers, are seeing people dressed in, you know, uh, uh, the typical garb that people in the Middle East wear. And just like how... We see them now from all these years of playing all these military shooters, and this is like another game where it's like kind of pushing out a different political message similar to how Spec Ops was. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's definitely timely. I mean, this game, I don't know if they. Did you read anything about whether or not they intentionally released it? like around this time or I don't think I don't think so and like I said th- this game um if I'm not mistaken came out um early May cuz so well, yeah it came out May didn't really start until early what early June or after Re- um, yeah I would say like late okay. late um May so this game came out on the 8th and like this game isn't necessarily protesting police brutality it's It's more capitalism capitalism exactly exactly so like but as we've seen that some of that stuff goes hand in hand anyway yeah um so yeah um and i I, this was a game that i heard about through waypoints um waypoint radio the podcast and i um was very interested in playing it and um i was able to pick it up as a part of the uh itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality which unfortunately the bundle had ended this December or this past Tuesday because I was gonna ah I was gonna say that'd be a good time for a plug (laughs) yeah exactly but uh if you missed out on it it was a uh, itch.io bundle where um all the proceeds uh was gonna go towards uh uh Racial justice and equality. So I think they raised, there was about 815,000 uh, contributions and they raised eight point, almost $8.2 million. Um, and it was indie developers from all over um, were submitting their games for this. And you only had to donate a minimum of $5 in order to get, by the time it ended, I think it started off with like 700 games. Yeah. Um, and by the time it ended, there are now seventeen hundred forty-one games that you could get for five dollars. And, and I mean, there was like there's other content like books and exactly. And, 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 and it, we're not talking about just like some indie game that you and your homie made in the basement. Like there's some legit like Celeste is in this bundle, which obviously like is already like 
So you can't get Celeste for five dollars right now, yeah. you know. So like that game in and of itself is justifies the cost. But like it's like Celeste, A Night in the Woods. Um, I saw Cook Serve Delicious Two was a game that I I, I like. Um, I mean, uh, Minute. I'm just, you know I'm just trying to just name games that are like I've I've heard of, but like this game was a part of this bundle. Um, uh, what what did you um, end up? So I played this on PC then. Uh, what did you end up playing on, Trevor? Um, so when you told me we were going to play this game... Um, I told I, you. I, I told looked, you. <laughs> I looked up the trailer, and um, and it said, available on Switch. And, I'll, and I sent you that GIF. I was like, that's all you had to say. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you've been on a Switch kick for since you got it, yeah, so I'm, I've been, I'm happy. I've been trying to play more games on Switch. But um, So I, I definitely played this on Switch. I also had the bundle, too, which I didn't know this game was included in. I mean, it's really hard to know because it's hard to scroll through yeah. seventeen hundred different games. <laughs> so yeah, they um. So but you ended up playing on Switch. Did you did you have any difficulties with it on Switch? I had a lot of difficulties, <laughs> and I'm still not one hundred percent sure whether I have a bad micro SD card or if it's just that download. Um, it's just that game installation because everything else is working. I just can't get that game to work when it's installed on the micro SD card and if I install it on the system and then um, insert the micro SD card it corrupts the data for that game just so, that game only and so like explain a little bit you have the is it the switch light right right so you have the switch light and the issue that you're having is is that when you were trying to download games I thought you said something like you had to take the SD card out and put it back in and turn your console off? Or Well, with other games, I just had to turn it off and turn it back on and then start the installation. And then it, they downloaded fine on the SD card. Onto the SD card. Yeah. And then for this one, it would corrupt while right. you were halfway through it? Yeah. Hmm. And did you end up finding out if it, your data is corrupted now? I know you said you were going to boot it up before. Um, I reinstalled it. I took the micro SD. Because, because it's a small game, it installed like within minutes. So, But you, did you lose your, your data, though? No, no, it's still on there. Okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, are you ready to talk about this game? Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. Okay. So... Essentially, this game is a anti-capitalist game. So um, I think the game starts off. Let me try to see if I can find the exact. Excuse me, the exact quote. Oh no, did I lose it? Um. Well, here here's the about this game. In a dystopia where wealthy capitalists control elections, media, and the lives of working people, we're faced with two choices: accept it or fight something better. Um. Tonight, your riot just doesn't have one here. Instead, you play as a movement of people whose well-being determines the success of your revolution. And um, it's just that. So the the main antagonist, I guess you could say, is this wealthy, chummy-looking individual, right? <laughs> just a dude in a suit. Yeah, like he's that. the big boss. <laughs> you said what? I said he's the big boss. Yeah, exactly. And... Um, uh, I guess immediately, the first thing that struck me about this game is this music knocks. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that, like... So, like, the, the 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 art style of this is, like, a very retro 8-bit kind of pixelated style. So, like, think of, like, you know, beat-em-ups of the past, like, uh, Streets of Rage, uh, Final Fight, Ninja Turtles beat-em-up, Double Dragon. It's like, you know, you see this, like, kind of... I, I don't know what it's called, like, a... Um, 
what do you call like the start screen? Uh, not the main menu, but like the the cutscene beforehand. Um, like the intro. Yeah, like you, you you have this intro that is like skippable, but it kind of plays out like how everybody is being oppressed and how society is like oh, like the, the prologue. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like you're seeing these uh, news people and like these wealthy individuals kind of looking down on the workers that are like slaving away for them and everything. And um, once you hit that, uh, it, it, it kind of, you know, you hit that start button to start and then you go to the menu screen and you have this like bumping like menu music. And I was like, okay, like <laughs> they got that aesthetic down because it just makes me think of like any beat em up that I played growing up, you know? Yeah, it's definitely like that's one one trope I guess about beat 'em up games is they have to have that bounce that Man. makes you <laughs> that makes you like kind of move through the game like it's it's this sense of progression and almost not necessarily a, a sense of urgency that it creates but it is just, it just like puts you in that mood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, like um, it's go time. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it, it's like not necessarily the United States. It's in a far distant future. I think they call it twenty XX, um, and they don't necessarily call out like cities or states or anything like that. But it's just supposed to be like a, a an approximation of like you know society now um, is fairly present. You know, like I don't think there's anything that like reads as super futuristic in this game. You know. Um, but, well, uh, go ahead. Once you get towards the end, I think. Hey man, that's military tech. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like you start the game off and, um, one of the first things it does is it, it just kind of gives you the controls and it's like, okay, you use this button to punch, use this button to, to liberate, and I think you start off as one person. You're like, "Yo, what, what are you talking about? Like, liberate? Like, what, <laughs> Just me? <what> you, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm hitting this button. Nothing's happening. And um, when you you finally see, like, oh, like cool, like I come up to a building and I can like liberate, and some people will come out, and now it's me with a group of people. And I'm not talking like 20 people. It's like you know, three will come out. You know, two or three people will come out. And at that point, you you get control of them as allies, really. Like, you're still only controlling... I guess the best way to put this, and it's something I saw, is this game is a mix of the street brawler elements from River City Ransom with the squad uh, light squad tactics of Pikmin. So, mm-hmm. um... I forgot you, all about Pikmin. Yeah, yeah, but that that's really apt, right? Yeah. Like, you play... Um, I play this with a, a gamepad, um, so like I use the left thumbstick to control my character, and then the right, and, and by default, the uh, other protesters are coming with me. Um, they may be a little bit behind me or whatever, but for the most part, we're, run, we're, we're going together as a, as a mob. Um, but you can use the right thumbstick to kind of focus them on a specific area on the map, so I can say, like, oh, like, um, focus on this dude, not focus on this dude, but focus on this area, and if there's a person in that area, they'll just end up, like, you know, dealing with it, or if there's some type of uh, destructible object in it, um, they'll, they'll deal with that, and um, it's, it's not as precise as I would like it to be, but it gets the job done, you know? You mean as far as controlling? 
Yeah, like there was there's a couple of so like and just to add to that, I didn't even know you could control. Um, I was your trying teammates. to tell you that so many times <laughs> until I got towards the end of the game. I was like, this dude. So me and Trevor, we, we got on uh, Discord. I think the last day that I was playing this game. Um, it's a pretty short game, by the way. I think it took me about two and a half hours. Uh, two two and a half hours, and I also like I went through and beat levels multiple times in order to get some unlockables and stuff. But um, uh, he was struggling with the game. It sounded like anyways, and I was trying to tell him to use to control his people, but he wasn't listening. I don't so know why. <laughs> this game, um, and I, I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead, but at the end of each level, like it's kind of arcade style. You have an overworld. And you're graded at the end of each level, and you're graded based on how many of those teammates that you pick up throughout the level that survive to the end. Mm -hmm. And based on that, you need a certain amount of teammates that survive in order to unlock weapons or armor or any type of gear. Like upgrades. Mm -hmm. And that's why the whole premise of the game is... um, the more revolutionaries that remain, the better equipped they become. So if you start off a level with one person, just, you know, you by yourself, if you end the level with, let's say, eight people, um, um, then there's going to be a a, a rating at the very end. And if you didn't, as long as you didn't lose uh, too many uh, rioters, too many protesters, too many... Uh, revolutionaries, um, then you would get three medals, or you know they, they had. I think it was uh, you get one medal if you only end up with one per, just one character at the end. You get two medals uh, if you lose people out with, outside of the the target area, and you get three if you do it within the target area. You know, or say above the the, the drop off point. And, like, some of the things he's saying, like, upgrades, like, I think when you start the game off, I think the only weapon you have is brass knuckles. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are like, things you can pick up in the level. I think for the most part, the only things you pick up in the level are um, bricks and uh, uh, Molotov cocktails. Those are the only things that you can pick up in the level when you, you know, break some of the destructible barrels or whatever. Um, but if you, some of the unlockables you get, something like, um, I think... Uh, a, monk, uh, a monkey wrench is one and then that can be your melee weapon instead of brass knuckles and it does more damage and it has more range on it or <clears throat> you can have an unlockable that you start off the level with one protester so now when you start the level off it's you and one other person or I think by the end of the game you can have up to you and three other people at the start of any level mm-hmm. there's other things like um, uh, gas masks so when you get uh, tear gassed by the cops, your characters have on gas masks then, and so they're not they're not uh, harmed by the the tear gas. There is um, these these boots that if you're getting shot up by the water cannons, the water cannons what they're trying to do is they're, they're pushing you back, and there's there's um, uh, the boots like uh, reduce the pushback by fifty percent. So instead of you getting pushed back, you know, 
20 feet, you're only getting pushed back 10 feet or whatever. And um, it's just things like that. There, There's uh, turret guns that shoot at you. And you have uh, the bulletproof vest is one of the things. You take 50% less damage on gunshots. Um, you can get, like, um, chainsaws uh, as, a, as a weapon. This, this game is... It is a violent, gory game, too. <laughs> right? Pixel blood. You said what? <clears throat> Pixel blood. Pixel, yeah, yeah. Pixel blood, but, like, I mean, there are cha- there are chainsaw enemies, and you can have a chainsaw. Um, even something like bricks. Like yeah, When you throw the bricks, you, it basically huh? scalps the enemy. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you basically are, you know, like, you throw bricks at, like, a riot police, and, like... It ended up destroying his helmet, and then you can just see his face smashed in, and blood coming out his, you know, his face, and just like it, you can you can chop off people's heads, and and so like it, this is like a, a violent game, um, but like like Trevor said, pixelated violence, um, and uh, my, one of my favorite like this game, despite it being violent and having a message, is very tongue in cheek as well. I don't know if you caught any of the jokes in the game, Trevor. Um. Most of them, like as far as the dialogue, or I mean, whether it be dialogue or even some of the um, uh, what what do you call um, just some of the tropes that they have, or some of the um, um, references that they have. Um, so, like, there was <laughs> um, there's a, a riot cop that says he's willing to die to defend the market, <laughs> which is also like it's like kind of also online with like everything that's happened with the COVID stuff too, mm-hmm. where people are like the market, the market, the market. And, um, there is a, um, a, uh, I think in the, the last world that you're in a business building and, um, there's these, uh, uh, job ads posters for like an Apple style, but it's called shackle. <laughs> I didn't even see that. Yeah, and then there's um, one of my favorite ones. Um, so, like, there was a line, <laughs> which is, like, always said in snark when you see it. This is something I see on the internet a lot, but so much for the tolerant left. Am I right, guys? Is something that one of the cops said. <laughs> yeah. And then there was one. Uh, so I beat the last level. And the, I, or the second to last level, you're, like, you ride up an elevator up this tall building. Oh, yeah, this is probably my favorite dialogue in the game. The first time I beat it, I didn't see the I didn't see the dialogue. So each time you play it, um, it changes because mm-hmm. I played that level level several times, and the dialogue on the elevator changes. Like one time they were talking about a movie, mm-hmm. um, and then I played it again, and and the entire discussion changed. But, yeah, but going ahead, which one did you see? The movie one. Oh, okay. Was that the one you talking about? Yeah, where one of the. One of the protesters like Yuki Kaye, and yeah. then so, it was funny too because it was my character. So like, like the the character I was controlling at the time was like an Asian woman, mm-hmm. and so she said Yuki Kaye, and then one of the uh, protesters with me was a black lady, <laughs> and it was coming from her, and she was like, "What?" what? And then he's like, "Yuki Kaye, you know," and she's like, "No, what are you talking about?" And I was like. The line from that 1900s movie. <laughs> and then she's like, the black lady was like, but why though? <laughs> and I started dying. <laughs> so yeah, that part was, it was hilarious to me. Um, was there any other parts that stood out for you, Trevor? Um, I'm trying to think. I should have wrote them down. Um, 
I mean, there I had were, another one. It was just throughout the game, like every time you read something. Um, what was it? go ahead and do yours? I'm about to so like it. like when you started a level, um, every time you started, there was uh, the the level when it first would. I should say when you entered a level, because like Trevor said, this is like an overworld view. There's four worlds. Like just think of like um, Mario. Super Mario World 3, or excuse me, Super Mario Bros. 3, or uh, Super Mario World, where, you know, you're in an overworld, and then um, you have to move onto the next level to start it, and so there was four worlds, each with their own distinct vibe, and when you started a level, the first thing you would see is a newspaper that was basically talking about that day's events. And it was just, you know, like talking about like, uh, it was always from the point of view of the leaders, you know, the, the, the capitalists, the, the, the wealthy business people. Um, they were always talking about um, quashing the rebellion or whatever. And um, I think at the very end, near the end, one of the, the headlines was stop resisting, stop so successfully resisting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that one was like, <laughs> that one was wow. <laughs> There were some other ones like um, I know this is especially relevant now um, with people um, who you know valued these um, businesses and buildings being destroyed more than the the human lives that have been human taken. Lives, yeah. And there was one newspaper article that basically said um, people show growing concerns over over the windows or something like that being. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, we, we we definitely I've definitely seen some of that uh, some of that energy from people on, on the internet when it comes to what's been happening in Birmingham, uh, uh, you know. So that does not surprise me. It's very it's 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 crazy because like I don't think this game was released. You know, it wasn't released with like oh you know we know something's gonna happen. You know. Yeah. But it, like kind of like that situation with the Simpsons. Like, you know how people yeah, say the yeah. Simpsons predict the future, and, it, and it's more along the lines of, you know what, this will eventually happen. Yeah, well, I mean, did you see that that thing that I, I mean, we're getting a little into what's going on now, but uh, did you see that thing I shared from Birmingham News, uh, uh, the MLK uh, political cartoon from uh, the 60s? Uh-uh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, where it was like... Um, this was something that I saw posted on Reddit and I, I ended up sharing it over Facebook, but it was like a, a political cartoon of MLK. I, I want to say sometime in the sixties, it was his prior before he got murdered. Um, but, um, it was like him being interviewed by a news person with, um, all the, um, <clears throat> the destruction, I guess you want to say, uh, I'm going to pull it up just so I don't misquote it. Um, Where's that? Where's that? Okay, yeah. So it, it it just like shows a dude like a beat writer or whatever. He has the news cap on. He has this little notepad in front of him, and um, then he's interviewing some nondescript black dude that looks vaguely Martin Luther King. But just to make sure that it is obvious who he's talking about, the guy, the cartoonist, wrote Martin Luther King on the guy's jacket. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see all this destruction. Cars are crashed. There's broken glass, broken bottles. Buildings and windows destroyed. There's a person laying on the ground. And he says, this is the news writer talking to MLK. He says, uh, MLK response, I plan to lead another nonviolent march tomorrow. And this was super, like, for everybody that fixed their mouth to incite MLK's name right Mm -hmm. now. 
Like, have you seen it yet? Are you, are you, um, oh, you just here. sent it again. I'm gonna try to send. I'm gonna try to send it to, send it to you. But like, for all the people that tried to fix their mouth and say like, um, you know, what would MLK do and what would MLK mm-hmm. do and trying to incite his name in a way to make people be more peaceful. And it's like this is how people were depicting him then when he was peaceful. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so it it, it it it's a Frustrating, to say the least. Frustrating. Um, but yeah, back to this game. You got you, you see it? No. I sent. I thought I sent you the. Oh, you sent it on. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I was checking Facebook. Oh my bad. Um, but yeah, back to this game. Um, very, very tongue-in-cheek humor. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, as we said, the music knocks. I think the game looks pretty spot on to what it's trying to evoke. You know. Oh yeah, um, especially like, I mean, if we want to go into the um, the aesthetics of the game, yeah, go ahead. Um, so like, the the colors, I mean, it's it screams like like riot and like the like the propaganda newspapers and all that mm-hmm. is extremely accurate to like a lot of tropes in media. Um. And I mean, everything just fits the color. Like it uses a lot of red. Um, I mean, even like the worlds too. So like, I, there's four worlds. There's Factory Town, and it is the most like city aesthetic, but like kind of futuristic. Not futuristic in a sense of like. Um, anytime we see anything that's like cyberpunk, you know, it's always like some city that there's a lot of like uh, new technology there. But the city is always dark and dingy and dirty, mm-hmm. and um, buildings kind of like look like kind of run down when you're when you're like looking at the lower class. And this is very much that aesthetic, where um, it, I mean, think, makes me think of like Double Dragon, honestly, like the 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 the, the way the background and the, the environment is there. And then the next um, world is Bootlick Bayou. <laughs> And it is more in the rural area, but there's a lot of like mills and there's a lot of factory workers. This is starting where you're starting to see like less of a police like there's police pro uh, 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 what am I trying to say police uh, presence, but it's more like like random dudes with like chainsaws mm-hmm. and um, there is and those um, are the ones you were talking about earlier that are being controlled by the leaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I really like those enemies um, where it was, like, it'd be a, 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 a group of, like, three enemies. It'd be two guys with chainsaws and then some other guy that's way off in the back with a gun. And if you kill the chainsaw dudes, it's just, like, regular in- ah, regular um, enemies. But if you kill the guy with the gun first, then the two chainsaw dudes join your, your squad. And what I actually um, found interesting about that is the guy um, with the gun, he's actually holding a yellow flag. Yeah. So it's almost like he's just, he's, I mean, it's obviously he's the direct opposition of you because you're the one you're hold, holding leading, the red flag. Yeah, leading with the red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, like, this Keeping mechanic the, is. The company cool. line, the bottom dollar. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then. Um, there's also like a lot of I don't know what those uh, like I don't know what you call them but like the snowplow style vehicles but pushing dirt mm-hmm. instead of uh, there's a lot of those 
Um, uh, people are trying to uh, cut down trees and, and, and uh, you know, uh, have the trees land on you to take out some of your protesters. Uh, there's more muds. There's like, this is when you're starting to see more of the uh, environment also like there being obstacles. Right. Um, and then the, the, the third world is the dockyards, uh, which is like docks, obviously. Um, and this is, this is when the game, um, I think they, they have like an equivalent. <laughs> I think maybe this is a nod to, um, or I take it as a nod to like Futurama, but I mean they probably went the first one, but like how people saw Slurm, <laughs> <laughs> and like Slurm, the, the the very famous soda or popular soda in Futurama's world was you know you you end up going to see the Slurm factory and seeing that it's just made by some super gross looking slug type creature, and in this game they have this soda that's made by Whipplecore or whatever. And it is this uh, really like Mountain Dew colored <laughs> uh, uh, liquid, and um, uh, when you don't ingest it, and you just like they have barrels of it on the docks, and when it gets destroyed, it leaves this noxious cloud of uh, gas. And if your teammates or any anybody, even the enemies, are within it, they turn into this like weird looking alien creature mm-hmm. that has these long tentacles that shoot out of it and will, will vomit, projectile vomit, uh, more of the liquid on your teammates. So <laughs> there's some nefarious stuff happening with how they're creating the soda. Um, but then also other obstacles on the dock are um, like uh, holes in the dock that have been crossed over with uh, boards planks. or whatever. Say what? No, I was just saying planks. So if you yeah. walk over them, you fall <laughs> into it. Yeah, and I forgot to say they had those, uh, I don't know what you call them, the type of traps that you see in um, movies where, uh, on the previous world, where it's like covered with, you know, like a hole that's dug, they put really sharp uh, sticks at the bottom, and then they cover it with like leaves and foliage. That They had those type of traps in the previous level. This level they have like holes in the dock that if you fall through, your character drowns Is or whatever. Is that what those were? Huh? Is that what those were? Yeah, I yeah. honestly couldn't even tell, like, because there were some that were yellow, and they were basically just um, like patches. Mm-hmm. But then, or maybe it was vice versa. There's there's green ones, and then there's yellow ones. But one of them hurts you, and I guess yeah. those are the ones that have the spikes in them. Mm-hmm. And like they they actually the game I don't want to say it's more difficult, but they it like I think especially on the docks they do a good job of putting more obstacles in your way to kind of quash the rebellion. Because uh, there's more barrels, they they introduce these other explosive barrels that like leave things on fire, um, and then they also they they start putting water cannons in front of a series of these traps. So like as you're trying to get to the water cannons to destroy them, they're shooting at you and pushing you back, mm-hmm. and you potentially pushing you back into the traps. And so also like your they, teammates. Exactly. Exactly. Um, one of the things I do appreciate, um, there's two things, uh, one is that your teammates don't interact with the traps, <laughs> Yeah, which was a lifesaver, because that would, like, it, it, it's already a little bit wonky to kind of control your teammates and wrangle them in the, the area you want, because now when you're dealing with obstacles, it's not just like, yo, um, you guys go here, or like if you're dealing with a, a, a I think the the machine gun turrets are really good at taking out teammates. So a lot of times what would happen is I have to put them to hide behind cover and I'm dealing with it one-on-one and I'll like throw like some projectile or whatever to deal with the turret. 
while they're still in hiding. Because otherwise, they're like sitting ducks. They're literally lemmings, otherwise, you know? And, um, so... I know there were a lot of instances with the... Since we're talking about the turret trucks. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of instances, like, before I learned that you could control your teammates. Um, I would try to get behind the turret trucks. Yeah. Because that's the best way to take them out, because you're not taking fire while, you know... Yeah, they only shoot one direction. So, I would get behind the truck, and the enemies would still be, you know, punching the front of it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 The teammates would still be running towards it, charging it head on, and just getting shot. (laughs) I'm just like, Mm -hmm. dude, you see me. Do what I'm doing. And then on top of that, too, there's also those times, too, where they have barriers set up in a way that there's like a... A single hole that you can get through to advance, mm-hmm. but there's turrets set up behind each of the barriers, so there's like one entry point, and just it was so frustrating sometimes to like try to lead them to go through the hole to get on the other side of these turrets, yeah. and them just kind of crowding up on the opposite side of the thing and just getting taken out that way <laughs> yeah. was very frustrating as well. Um, but yeah, like, uh, and then the the, the last world. Um, uh, was the Bowling Green's estates, which now you've made it to the neighborhoods that the wealthy live in. Uh, so they're they're protected by these laser uh, drones. There's police, co- uh, like riot police, on segways. There is uh, super buff uh, um, Adobo, if you know. Um, uh, I think that's his name, Adobo Abobo. Dang, now I feel. You're talking about the heavies. The heavy from Double Dragon is Abobo. And like kind of like that uh, style of enemy where they're just buffer. They they do more they do more damage and everything, um, and um, take more damage. Uh, they have like these uh, sphinx, uh, not sphinx, but like lion oh, statues lion. Yeah. that you see at gated communities or whatever. Um, and like you would have to destroy them, and uh, they would shoot lasers at you. And uh, there's you actually see police cars driving up and like dropping off riot police as well <laughs> now so it, it like the the it's the game keeps changing as you're getting further and further in it and then kind of what Trevor was saying too uh, earlier is like the better you do in the levels you start earning unlockables and um, uh when I first got on the call with Trevor, when we were doing the Discord stuff, when we were playing, I was on... He was World 2, I was World 3, and I had maybe gotten almost all but two of the unlockables at that point. So, like, I had, like, a ton of gear at my disposal, and Trevor was... He was struggling because he hadn't done that, and partly probably because he wasn't playing the game the right way. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's always the case. Um but um, I think the game got like the game got a lot easier once you started unlocking the gear, right? Oh yeah. The next morning, like when I started playing it again, which was yesterday, mm-hmm. um, I think the next unlockables I got were the bulletproof vest, and then the um, the health kit, which the yeah. bulletproof vest you can you take fifty percent less damage from bullets, and then the health kit you regain health over time, and and I think I also got one of I got another um, um, teammate, like, at the start of the level. Oh, yeah, yeah. And those three upgrades made a significant difference. Yeah, yeah. Because, like like we said, it's like the more 
people you have, the more damage you do. Mm-hmm. Like you throw one brick, and everybody else throws one brick. So mm-hmm. it's it's not like you know in, instead of the enemy getting hit with one brick, they're getting hit with four or five of them. Exactly, exactly. And same thing with Molotovs, which I did not like. Bricks were like my primary weapon of choice for majority of the game. Mostly because you have those in the most amount. Like, I really like throwing weapons. And those, um, they had, like, a couple of different style weapons. So they had melee weapons, which, uh, like, they had your, your brass knuckles, uh, wrench, a baseball bat. And then you could melee with any of the, the, the throwable items. But then for, like, throwable items, they were a much more limited um, use. So, like I said, Molotovs and bricks were the only things that were on the level. But uh, you also had... Um, uh, bombs which are really strong and you only started off with a, a few amount so I usually try to save those for like heavy machinery stuff like the turrets and stuff and um, they also had like uh, monkey wrenches which you threw like ninja stars mm-hmm. <laughs> and those things would just go super fast and they had a long range then they also started having um, uh, fishing nets was one of the items I had, and those would um, uh, f- not freeze, but like pe- keep enemies in place. And they also had snowballs, which would uh, f- slow enemies down. Um, and then <laughs> a high key, one of the best things they put in the game was the pop- popsy. Did you did you get that? The Popsy soda cans? No, I didn't get that one. So, also going along with the humor, I don't know if you remember, I think this was two years ago. This is when I lived in Birmingham before, I think. So maybe even longer. Maybe it was like four years ago. But like, all you needed in order to um, to to set aside uh, di- um, differences and come to an agreement is uh, Pepsi. Do you remember the Kindle Jenner? Oh, man, that commercial. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Where there was like a bunch of angry, young-looking millennial slash protesters. I think this was like two or three years ago. Like, look it up on online. Yeah. But it was a Pepsi commercial where they were like a lot of tensions were high. Um, I think this was around when, actually may have been around when Philando Castile was killed and Alton Sterling. Um, but, uh, yeah, like... This was a, a commercial that Pepsi put out where, like, all these people were mad. And then Kendall Jenner comes and she's like, hey, Mr. Police Officer and Ryan Gear, have a Pepsi. And he takes the Pepsi from her. And then everybody's happy. And dancing. <laughs> and dancing. And everything is cool then. People are no longer mad that innocent people are being killed. Um, but they included... a. a the most worthless item in the game was you could get Pepsi can, and like it didn't. I, I looked up what it actually did because it didn't really. Uh, um, the 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 what do they call it? The text that went along with it really wasn't descriptive enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually like it aggroed enemies. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you you what you do is your character like you hear the. Of a, of a <laughs> uh, can open, your character puts up to his mouth and then tosses it, and then um, just to the ground, not even like throws it at something, and then it aggroes the enemies around. <laughs> and uh, there was another one too, which was the the megaphone, which was like a oh, uh, yeah. a buff for your your teammates. It, it, it increased their speed and um, 
it was a one-time use, but it increased their speed and their their damage. And it was the air horn sound, like, you know. <laughs> so yeah, like <laughs> there, there was. I, I think this game was pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I, I guess the only other thing that I have to say is like um, the uh, each world kind of was uh, capped off with a, a boss fight. And they kind of, this is when they kind of, like, messed around with uh, including or doing some other type of things. So I think the first one, the first boss was, like, just, you just fight a big baddie, you know, like some dude in a robot suit or something like that. Um, and, you know, it's oh, kind of whatever. The, uh, yeah. So No, I was just saying that was the one with the hands. Because there was, like, you, a sub-boss in the, the big exosuit. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands. I honestly don't remember the first boss that much. Um, the second boss I remember was uh, it was like a car chase. You were being chased, like you're in the bi- the bootleg bayou. You're mm-hmm. being chased by um, a giant wood chipper, and so you're running away from the car. Uh, excuse me, running away from the wood chipper, and a, like you're in like a, it almost looks like a monster truck. <laughs> And you're hitting ramps to, like, jump over pieces of wood, like, you know, uh, trees that have been uh, uh, chainsawed down and lay in your path or whatever, and just jumping over po- bunches of mud or whatever that will slow you down. Um, so, uh, that's the second boss, and that's pretty fun. Kind of, it made me think of, like, um, the bosses, I, I think I told you this too, Trevor, like, that boss in... Um, Castle, Castle Crashers, yeah. where you're riding the deer, running away from the giant cat, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the third boss was a uh, a weird like sea monster that you fought on the docks, and this was a little bit weird too, where he had like these long tentacles, and he was trying to swipe at you and your teammates to bring you to him so he could eat you. And the way you attacked him or did damage to him was to stand on a button that uh, a, a claw would pick up like these explosive barrels and then drop it on him. But you had to have the, um, you had to time it right and everything. And that, that boss took me a little bit. I didn't really care. That was probably my least favorite boss. Yeah. The timing on the, the button was a little weird. It took me, I think two tries. I think I got on the second try, but the first time I thought, you know, you could just run over and tap the button. Because, mm-hmm. of course, he's still attacking you while you're standing on the button. But you have yeah, to hold yeah. it down until it... It's like you, 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 have to, you have to keep the button depressed so that way um, the, the crane is still working. So, like, and it, it is a little bit of a... a, a, a I don't want to say lag, but uh, intentionality that they're doing where, like, you can move, like, because he's attacking you while you're on the button, so you need to, like, hop off of it, but able to get back on it before it comes up, because once it comes up, the crane will drop the barrel wherever it is, and you want to make sure it's moved all the way over the sea monster. So, that one took me a couple of tries, and then uh, I, I think the there was a couple of, like, vehicle sequences in the, the last world. There was the one... There's one where you're in a car that has, like, a turret on the back of it. And so on the front of you, like, where you're heading is a helicopter that's shooting at you and dropping bombs. But then behind you, there is police officers that are chasing you. And then on the path, besides just being shot at by the helicopter and the um, uh, bombs, he's also there's also, like, roadblocks that are, mm-hmm. you know. So you're, like, dodging the bullets, trying to stay ahead of the cops trying to uh take out the cops 
and trying to dodge the, the, the roadblocks. So there's a little bit going on there. That was the first level that I was like, I, I can't, I cannot get three medals. <laughs> I replayed this one at least 20 times to get three medals on it. Did you? Yeah. I feel like the way to get three medals was not to lose a person. Pretty much. Just don't get hit. Yeah, and I, I could not. I didn't play it 20 times. I probably played it, played it about a little under 10, and I couldn't do it. And I was just like, nah, I'm just not going to worry about it. And then the there's the elevator level, which is like you're riding. That's the one that we were talking about with the, the reference to Die Hard and Yippie the 1900s movie. <laughs> is an elevator level like a trope for all beat-em-up games? I think so, because I was trying to think of like... Um, there's a lot of like tropes in this game as well, but like... Like, I've never seen any beat-em-up games, like, directly reference it, but there's always some type of elevator level in beat-em-up games. Is there... I'm, I don't remember, and this is the only game I don't remember. Was there an elevator level in uh, Castle Crashers? Yes. Okay. Um, when you're going... It's, like, towards the end when you're going up. You get on the... Um, you know, you have to... Def- well, we're not going to get into Cast Crash. Okay. We've all played it. Yeah, the only other... Like, I was thinking, like, I played Spider-Man beat-em-ups, uh, Double Dragon, um, freaking uh, uh, Final Fight. Like, uh, I was trying to think, I, was there a beat-up... Was there an elevator level in... Um, uh, the, the game we played, the parry game. Um, I don't think so. What is the game called? Um... Pacifist. Way of the pacifist, yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's also not a beat em up; it's a parry em up, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like that—that that is a trope, and like so, like this level, you're in this giant uh, skyscraper, and you're you know fighting a floor of enemies, riding up an elevator for like an absurdly long period of time. <laughs> like you're on the elevator, like it seems like twenty seconds. You're going up like fifty floors. It seems like. And then you fight more enemies, and like this level is like a culmination of all the enemy types you fight. I think you see every single type of enemy um, in this level, non-vehicle enemy, and um, and then it kind of culminates with you fighting the I think the first boss again, or the 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 the, the, the mini boss you were talking about on the first. Oh one. yeah, yeah, he drops um, in the. Yeah, and this level it was it was cool. It was just long, and so like I guess my only complaint is like I think the game, especially if you once you get a hang of the controls, the game is pretty simple. It is fun and rewarding. It is very simple, um, and these last I want to say three levels, starting from the car level, then the elevator level, then the final boss. I think they kind of ratchet up the difficulty unexpectedly, and um, that's pretty much my only complaint as far as like i i wish the, the the controls were a little bit tighter on like uh directing your uh your your gatherers your your crew mm-hmm. i wish that was tighter and i um other than that I, I just wish the game was a little bit more difficult like ramp up not a, uh there was more of a ramp up because it just seemed like those last three levels were like unexpectedly hard for no reason i, I guess the the elevator level isn't hard per se it's just long yeah the first time i beat that level i beat it with one person like i i lost all my teammates to the laser drone um then i got into the elevator with the 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 mini boss and i took it out by myself and it took kind of a long time but then when i i, I think the enemies scale depending on how many protesters you have with you 
because the second time I got I played that level, I had a bunch of protesters in there with me, and we were throwing hella bricks and everything, and it it seemed like it took longer to kill it when I had more people, and so um, that that was kind of weird. So I think that I do think that the game smartly scales uh, depending on how many enemies you have at a time too. Yeah, the only time I noticed that was when I was in the elevator with the chainsaw guys. Mm-hmm. Because I remember I had like a whole gang of teammates with me um, the first time I got in there. And they just wiped all of them out. I think it dropped like four of those chainsaw guys in there. Yeah, yeah. But then one time when I got to that part on the elevator, I only had two teammates with me. And it only dropped two chainsaw guys. Hmm. I think I had the same amount both times, but the very first time I wasn't expecting it, so like I lost a ton of teammates in there. Mm-hmm. But the second time I was expecting them, and I, and I killed them all without losing anybody. Yeah. But it was like it, to me, it was always the same amount. I only played it level twice though. No, and then what, I, I thought, what I finally did on that part was um, whenever I got to that part with only a couple of teammates with me, if I had less teammates than chainsaw guys. I would just let them kill my teammates and then keep circling around the elevator so they couldn't mm-hmm. get me because they moved so slow. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the elevator door opened, I would run out and kill their leader so that they would join me. Oh, I didn't even realize they had it. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I just put my teammates in one of the corners and then I we just were just brick, brick squad. Just, <laughs> just a wall of bricks. <laughs> just throwing them. Um, and then the last boss, too, I... I lost my teammates immediately every time. I, I think I played that level two times, three times. Uh, no, I lost my teammates immediately on his like laser. Like he, he's uh, the 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 big business guy uh, that you see in the beginning, the main antagonist. Mm-hmm. And he's in this giant mech suit, and you're like on the rooftop of the skyscraper, and he's like crawled up to the edge of it, and like he's in a giant mech suit uh, that's hovering and everything, and he's shooting these laser uh, shots at you that one shot you um, out of his palms of his hands kind of like Iron Man and um, every time uh, you, I think I started that level with four teammates I think mm-hmm. um, and every time like they would die immediately and then it was just me by myself which I, I don't know if that's supposed to be how it goes or not no they can survive because okay. I was having trouble on that level and I actually looked up a guide or mm-hmm. a, like a, a video walkthrough Yeah, and the first thing the person did was they directed their teammates to like the very corner to where the boss couldn't shoot them, and then he just took out like the um, the hands first by himself, and then once the hands were gone, um, he pulled out his teammates to help him take down the turrets. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, the um, the uh, the final boss he had a couple different forms. You know, you he went from I think being. Uh, what he had like the, the laser hand form you destroyed his hands and he had mm-hmm. another one where the, the shoulders became like laser cannons you had to destroy the, the shoulders mm-hmm. and then he was in a hovering like kind of Dr. Dr. Robotnik style thing where he's shooting like a like he's in like a, a capsule that's hovering mm-hmm. and then shooting a laser underneath it and it's following you and you have to destroy that and that one was like the hardest form for me to even hit I could not hit him with my projectile stuff so I, keep, I kept having to jump and swing with my melee attacks yeah the aiming was weird on that Simply because of the speed of how he moves, because you don't want to get caught in his mm-hmm. in his path, mm-hmm. and then like while you're trying to move and aim at the same time, and then like I don't know, because it seemed like with drones and other flying enemies, it there was, was super hard to. Well, hit there them. there seemed like there was a little bit of auto aim in there. 
Like, as long as you were holding in the right direction. But with the boss, it didn't seem to be the case. Yeah, yeah. And that was the issue I had with the laser drones, is I felt like I... The laser drones, uh, especially on the elevator level, they always took out my teammates because I could not hit them for the life of me. So I always had to just run past them. I, fu- I figured out that they auto-focused you. So what I would do is I would put my teammates in one corner, and then I would run past it. And then after, once I got a certain distance, it would stop following me and just sit still, and then I would call my teammates to me. Mm. And so, like, and this one, it was like... Um, I could I used all my projectile items to try to uh, hit it, and I wasn't doing any damage. So I just literally it was a war of attrition where I would jump, swing my uh, my wrench, my pipe wrench, and do a little bit of damage, take some damage, and then I would just let my health come back up and just do it again. So yeah, that 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 was that last fight wasn't fun, but it was super satisfying at the very end after you destroy and the dudes like. Fight me, fight me like a man. Fight me with your hands, <laughs> yeah. and then you run up and give him that that, that shoryuken, <laughs> and you uppercut him off the uh, building. <laughs> Super satisfying. Yeah. Did you did you already say what your favorite weapon was? Um. Honestly, my favorite weapon is probably bricks. Okay. Yeah, like, you did say that. You said you yeah. like the projectiles. So. <laughs> I fell in love with the baseball bat, <laughs> which that was not thing. a weapon that you. It was not a weapon that is like only level specific, right? Right. You had to pick it up like, and it's usually at the beginning of a level. So I'm mm-hmm. guessing they only wanted you to use it at certain points of the game. Mm-hmm. But that thing had some knockback to it. <laughs> like if you needed crowd control, that was the <laughs> weapon to use. Um, one of the things I, I did like. Uh, setting up not necessarily combos but anytime like it i i didn't really use anything besides bricks the very first time i played and um once i like when me and you got on the discord and like you were playing and like talking and it's just like you know what i'm gonna start using some of my other stuff and try to go back and unlock some stuff and it was really fun to use molotovs especially like i really like using molotovs on the elevator level when like all those riot police were getting off the elevator mm-hmm. to fight you and like just pelting them with molotov cocktails and they just be like everybody's on fire and then they just still run up at you and just switch over to a melee thing was very satisfying and then the same thing with the um i really like using uh the, the fishnets uh to keep people in place and then um hitting them with a. Uh, uh, what's it called? The the, the um, bricks or like the snowballs? Because some some enemies were instant killed by snowballs. They turned into snowmen. Huh. I still yeah. never unlocked that one. I need to yeah, back. I think it was like the chainsaw dudes would turn into snowmen if you hit them with the snowballs. Mm-hmm. But then other enemies, like that big enemy, the big riot a bobo kind of yeah. enemy. Yeah. He would he would slow down a lot. Like you, certain things didn't work on him. Like um, the uh, uh, fishnet wouldn't keep him in place. But like the sn- the snowballs will slow them down, and then I, I did like the the uh, the wrenches, the monkey wrenches that you threw like ninja stars, mm-hmm. because those things would just fly. And then oh, and yeah, dude, actually, so bricks were like the you had so many of them, they were like the good like basic one. But like throwing the throwing axes. Did oh yeah, the, I did get those. The throwing axes were super strong. Yeah. Um, and it was just super satisfying to throw the monkey wrenches because they went so fast and so far. Um, and but yeah, like those, the throwing axes on the uh, uh, huh? I was just gonna say with those, your teammates don't throw them as well. 
That's the only thing. Like your yeah. teammates will do throw, the throwing axes. You're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they threw the wrenches though. That there was like two. They didn't throw the bombs. They didn't throw the throwing axes, and they didn't throw the uh, soda cans. But uh, they did throw the monkey wrenches. They threw the bricks and the Molotov cocktails. So, yeah. You got anything else? So, just a quick question. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but is it like a thing at like protest where um, provocateurs will leave like pallets of bricks at protest to incite riots? Is that a thing? Because that, um, that was like the first thing I noticed about this game. Because I don't know if you saw like news reports or anything. Yes, where, they were saying that. Yeah, where people were saying like there were provocateurs out there like inciting riots at peaceful protest. Um, and then the first thing, as soon as you load up this game, when you start it off, you know, it's just you. And you're standing next to a pallet of bricks and in front of you are police and riot gear. Mm-hmm. So is is that like a thing? Like I had never heard about that until the recent protest. I mean, if you think about it, like <laughs> who's gonna show up to a peaceful protest with bricks? You're right. This <laughs> is like, <laughs> like <laughs> think about it. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, like not to be conspiracy theorists or whatever, but it's like. Why are you? Why do you have riot gear and everything at a peaceful protest? But if their bricks are there, justify justify the use, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, we we got the, we got this stuff in the in the in the in the locker room. I, so. I didn't know if that was like just coincidence that they put that in the in the game, or if that was just a reference to like actual events. See, like, and I don't know with this particular game, and I don't know enough about just riots outside of the United States, mm-hmm. to be honest. You know, like, I, I, like all the riots, like, uh, I don't want to say no riots are justified, but, like, all the riots that I'm familiar with are race-related mm-hmm. and not either uh, 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 economic or class or anything like that because I'm aware of riots that have happened in Ireland um, but I think those were religious riots um, and, and things like that I'm aware of prison riots you know but those are like uh, oftentimes uh, due to harsh treatment or whatever mm-hmm. but like I mean you know, prisoners don't have bricks <laughs> yeah you know um, but uh, I don't think that was something that they just threw in and it just happened to happen in real life I think there was probably some um, previous occurrences. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> you had anything else? Um, no, that was that was it. Um, great game, great experience. Oh yeah, great game, great experience. I think this game was a good length. Um, even if they happen to add DLC or something like that, just to extend it a couple more levels. Or a couple of worlds, maybe two. I wouldn't say any more than two, um, but I think the the length of this game was perfect. Yeah. Oh, they, did you did you test out? I think after we beat the level or beat the game, they had that endless riot mode. Did you test no, that out? No, I didn't. I think I might try to test it out, and I think I just saw a screenshot that looked like the game was two players. Yeah, there is a two player mode, which I couldn't do on my Switch because it's a Switch Lite, but 
um, I guess you would need a wireless um, um, controller. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because I, I was just looking at a screenshot and I saw two uh, leaders, you know, like two leaders of a, of a uh, uh, revolutionaries. And I was like, oh, crap, like you can play this game two players? That's tight. Um, and they have different amounts of um, protesters too. So I'm thinking that maybe that's just like even more mayhem. <laughs> um, so that's kind of tight. Um, yeah, uh, th- like I said, uh, my only like knock on the game is just kind of is a little bit wonky controlling the the protesters. Uh, but I think for a reason, I, I I think the thing I really 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 like about this game is that everything that is uh, seems purposeful. Like it shouldn't be easy to control a crowd of people, you know? Yeah. Like they they not only that, but like they want they put out a political game about. Um, labor practices and they are a company that is focused on how they treat the labor of their workers you know Mm -hmm. so like everything that they do seems to be very intentional and um i'm uh so yeah i i really dug this game a lot um uh it's weird too because this game did grow on me because like when i first started i was like i really like the music but um, it's kind of it's it's kind of easy, but like once I realized like there there is like strategy involved in like the placement of my teammate or you know my, the the revolutionaries and just like weapon usage and unlocking stuff. Mm-hmm. That's when I started having a lot more fun when I started experimenting because initially when I was playing it was just like bricks 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 you know and just whatever just getting through the level. Yeah. But then once I started playing it a little bit more strategically and like I think the game the way they wanted. And intended for the game to be played. That's when I started having a lot more fun with the game. Yeah, and it's it's really coincidental because when I started playing the game, like you, I was just trying to get through the level, and usually I would finish it with just me, no teammates left. Mm-hmm. But then, like midway through the game, that's when I started focusing more on trying to keep my teammates alive, trying to you know keep a distance between enemies, or or throw you know employ a strategy to throw. Um, um, to throw ranged weapons before actually engaging them to exactly like, exactly because it's, it's like it, it takes the traditional beat em up kind of play style where you're the one guy and you're just gonna go head on against the baddies mm-hmm. and it kind of turns it on its head a little bit it's like super important like you, you are stronger as a collective mm-hmm. so you need to and like normally in these type of games it's like oh I lost the person I lost two people I lost three people it's fine I can still, you know, like, bulldog my way through this. But in this game, yes, you can't do that. But you're not, one, you're not rewarded for doing that. And two, it's like, why would you want to play it this way? You know, why would you want to do that? Yeah. You know, uh, it's so much more rewarding to end the game with, or to to get the unlockables. And it's so much more rewarding to say, like, hey, like, I didn't lose anybody on this level, you know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I really dug everything that the, everything about this game. Um, uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what um, the developer Pixel Pushers Union Five One Two does next. Um, so I, I hope this game is a. I, I, I've seen it being getting good reviews. You know, no lower than like seven and a half eights, which is very uh, promising. You know, mm-hmm. uh, because. Uh, I'm hoping that they... I think it would be cool for them to do some DLC, but I'm, I'm just just because of their mission statement or whatever that says that they are focused on um, 
uh, <clears throat> what they say, a passion for fun and retro style games. I'm looking forward to seeing what the next yeah. uh, game because I, I I can't imagine they're only referring to beat 'em ups. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they and, and especially if they try to continue to do things from a more leftist point of view and uh, kind of against the status quo and against the grain of what we usually take or accept as these style of games, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, where can people reach you? You can find me online, and shortly you can find me at work. I'll be <laughs> going back into the office soon. Um Ooh. Mask up. <laughs> you can find me online at Lyric Unsung. Alright, and uh, you can find me on Facebook at Potato Salad. Um, I think we have... Uh, have you started the, our, our June game yet? Yes, I'm actually caught up to where I left off about six we, years ago. Okay, okay. <laughs> I have not started it yet. I am going to... Um, I am going to probably start it this weekend. We've announced them, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I put the uh, the schedule up and everything, and I announced it on the episode earlier. So, yeah, and um, uh, we can talk offline about what will be a next uh, bonus game. All right. And um, All right. before we get off, I do want to say to anybody listening live right now on Twitch, happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth, yes, yes. Um, I think that's a good note as any to leave off on. Uh, with that, we're Miss Checkpoints and we're out. Peace. Peace.